Welcome everybody, my name is Pav Ryan, I'm Performance Director and Co-Founder here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke, the cycling and triathlon training podcast. Now I'm delighted to be joined by another one of our Spokes expert coaches who uh, you'll be familiar with because we did an amazing uh, podcast episode uh, on uh, on uh, uh, is testing dead, is FTP testing dead and uh, today we're going to be uh, talking about recovery and, and specifically about uh, how crucial nutrition is for recovery. Uh, but first uh, let me introduce our guest Ian Jenner, how are you doing mate? I'm very well Pav, thank you very much, very well indeed. Fantastic. And uh, uh, for the listeners who uh, may not have heard uh, the previous episode that we recorded, uh, give us a couple of minutes uh, on just uh, who you are, your cycling and coaching experience. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I've been riding bikes for a long time. Uh, I think, and people can probably calculate my age when I'm going to say this, but probably for about 40 plus years. Uh, I've done pretty much everything in my cycling sort of career, uh, from time trials, road races, mountain biking. Uh, I've dabbled in a bit of uh, indoor velodrome stuff. It wasn't really my thing, but uh, just because generally I love being outside. But yeah, I've been running bikes for a long time. Uh, raced a lot when I was young. Uh, I've all, I'm now very lucky that I've, I moved to Italy five years ago, so I'm, I'm based over at Lake Garda now. So I've got the lovely Italian lakes by me, um, and I've again been very fortunate in, in in the later part of my years. I was doing a lot of Grand Fondos, all the big ones. I think the only one I haven't really probably done is uh, the Maratona, but all the other stuff, so Novicoli and and Fausto Coppi and all the big Italian Grand Fondos been fairly sort of successful in my career but uh i've you know i've got a passion for riding bikes and i've been uh, a qualified british cycling training peak coach training peaks coach now for the last five six years um so yeah now i'm trying to turn my knowledge uh in and give that to other people rather than me necessarily focusing on uh doing events myself it's very much keeping fit enjoying myself uh, and uh, having some fun riding up and down mountains. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, what's a, a beautiful place that you live, uh, one that I will definitely try and uh, visit very soon. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as should everybody, really, you do live in an amazing part of the world. If not right now, is uh, listeners, for, for just to give you some context, we are recording this right at the uh, in the height of uh, uh, the coronavirus. And Ian, you're, you're quite in the thick of it, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on uh, week five of lockdown. Um, and uh, you know, for the people that know me and my loathing for riding on the turbo, uh, to be living, as Pav said, in such a wonderful place, and I feel very lucky that I live in such a beautiful place, uh, to be spending day after day, week after week of uh, sitting uh, on the turbo and training has become uh, very painful for me. Uh, so, yes, we're looking forward, hopefully, in uh, the next week or so to have a few things relaxed. But, yeah, we're on week five. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, stay home, be safe, keep that family safe and, and let the medical teams do what they're doing. And, uh, you know, that's the way to go. So a small price to pay. Uh, I feel like I'm doing my part running on the turbo and keeping everyone else, keeping out the way of trouble. Fantastic. And yeah, absolutely agree with you there. It's the uh, the greater good really, isn't it, of uh, health sure. and safety and the economy uh, rather than yeah. uh, us exercising right now. Um, we can always exactly. we can always exercise when, when coronavirus has gone away, can't we? 
Um, but let's uh, let's, get, <laughs> let's get back to uh, <laughs> back to nutrition and recovery. So, Ian, let's jump in straight yeah. away. I've asked this. This is the the third part uh, of, or uh, well, there's three parts to this series. Uh, one is sleep and relaxation, and the other is um, massage and uh, and uh, how that uh, how you could use uh, uh, guns. You know, like guns, like uh, percussion instruments, percussion recovery tools yeah. to to improve that. So today we're talking specifically about nutrition. But Ian, could you give me and I've asked all the other the other two coaches this, or the other two contributors this. What's your five top five factors that people should be focused on when looking to improve their recovery? Okay, I'm going to give you actually my top one as as of the top five is actually going to be the last one I'm going to mention. But the first one, uh, nutrition, then reducing stress, massage, stretching. But my top recovery uh tip is sleep 100 percent. absolutely completely agree with so we, we we've you've now you've named pretty much we've got almost everything on on the uh on the on what we've talked about between all the coaches because we talked about relaxation and, and reducing stress in the sleep episode uh, and then massage and stretching were in the other one um so yeah fantastic nutrition then so uh, we're obviously talking nutrition today. I agree with you. I personally, I think that sleep probably is the number one factor as well. Um, nutrition is a huge plays a huge role. Um, and uh, so your number one would be sleep. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. But let's talk about nutrition. How important is that? Um, okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of a guide here. So for athletes that are training maybe two to three times a week, following normal daily nutrition, then you don't really necessarily need any major special additions. And what you're doing in, in generally eating is uh, as your your sort of like general meal plan uh, is probably going to be okay for you uh, to recover for the next training session. For athletes that are training once a day or more often, refueling for the next workout as quickly as possible is crucial. So refueling accurately and consistently after workouts will restore muscle and liver glycogen stores, replace fluids and electrolytes lost in sweat. It's going to promote muscle repair. It's going to bolster the immune system. And athletes who optimized post-exercise nutrition will perform better in their next training session and accumulate more high-quality sessions than athletes that are skipping post-exercise recovery fueling. Now, there's two post-exercise recovery fueling windows. The first is within 30 minutes of a hard or long training session, and the second is in the two to three hours post-exercise Short, easy training sessions do not require special recovery nutrition, but athletes are best sticking to their daily plan with normal whole foods meal after an easy training session. Absolutely. So what what type of foods would you think that that would be? I mean, we're taught obviously for, for, a, for a normal person who is doing like, as you say, the, the, the shorter sessions or infrequent training, or maybe it's low intensity or whatever, there, there might not be a, an immediate need to do too much more than what they're, they're already eating in a, in a normal day. But let's say we're talking about the, the, the more high performance uh, athlete that uh, might be hooking up several sessions or a couple of sessions in a day or, or really, really sort of looking to maximize that performance really looking mm. to uh, take advantage of those windows that you mention uh what's the emphasis on there in terms of are they looking at uh getting uh high high proteins in there high high carbohydrates or, or what would you say there 
there is a big emphasis obviously on protein and everybody i think generally knows that after i do they do a hard exercise then they're going to need to increase their protein intake 100%. So that initial window, you know, the great thing about protein is if you take it in after exercise, it's going to aid muscle repair. Um, but also the, the one thing that people also tend to forget after hard exercises, and especially after, say, a really long ride or a, or a big effort, People then tend to also forget the intake of carbohydrate too, because it's not only about repairing the muscles uh, from the, the, what you've damaged previously. And when I use damage in inverted commas in a good way, but you also need to make sure that you're preparing your body from a carbohydrate glycogen store perspective and actually getting that carbohydrate back into your system too. So both of those two fuels are important. Generally, most of us are aware that a protein shake or a protein bar to have when you've finished. And then obviously, you know, we need to look at fueling your next ride. So we need to be looking at obviously looking at those carbohydrates, too. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And I'd like to sort of just ch chip in with my little bit of, from, from a personal experience. If if you are one of those high 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 performing athletes doing a lot of training and you are eating quite a lot of carbohydrates, um, actually, you might be consuming enough protein throughout the day without having to yeah. worry about it. I mean, I do. I really enjoy a, a protein shake. I make it up, and I, I have that on on like homemade granola, which is uh, I, I I I mean I, I'm never going to stop that, even though I know that I could probably eat eat my uh, protein intake other ways but if you if you're somebody who eats a lot of gels in training uh, or very high sugary stuff you you might also not be eating a lot of protein but if you home make a lot of your energy bars like if you have some seeds and oats and and stuff like that for your training actually all of these things they contribute a small amount of protein and uh, uh, and if you actually look at your overall daily intake you uh, one thing that you don't need to to really rapidly increase or massively increase is protein quantity. It's it's more about that carbohydrate intake. So kind Agreed. of having a look at where your protein is coming from. Because I think people are very surprised, actually, when you are eating huge quantities of food, actually how easy it is to eat enough protein. And your body, your body knows what to do with protein a lot better than it, it kind of does with carbohydrates. I mean, proteins don't tend to disappear in the same way that carbohydrate does when it's turned to glycogen and then used for fuel um so you could eat a eat enough protein throughout the day um it doesn't necessarily have to be immediately after you exercise but but when you eat a when you when you have a high high intensity session and you deplete your your glycogen stores that's what the point that you're making is that eat having that high carbohydrate intake immediately after in that short window is that the quickest way to actually aid recovery Yes, 100%. I think the other thing that we, uh, I think the other thing which is really important is people, everybody needs to try to understand what's going on in their body and what works for them. And obviously, you know, experience is a great thing. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, I've been riding bikes for 40 years. Now, one of the things that works for me or what I tend to do, you know, I'm a celiac as well. So and I've got a very slow metabolism, so I can get full very easily. It takes me quite a while to burn things out of my system. If I was just going to react to after exercise, drink uh, protein shakes and do X, Y, Z, it's not really going to work for me because I feel bloated. I feel heavy. It doesn't really work. One of the things over the period of time that I've noticed, and especially living here in Italy now, I don't really tend to take any protein after exercise, even if it's quite a big 
uh, chunk of exercise or, or a hard effort. In the summer, I do because I feel uh, that I really need it. The efforts tend to be harder. I'm dealing with heat. I'm dealing with a lot of other things are ch chucked into the equation. So normally those spring and summer months, I am normally doing protein shakes and things after I finished a ride. But generally, once I get to winter, I don't really tend to do that. And I've got uh, I, I find that I, I don't really need it. And I think that's a really good point that you raised uh, we can look at like one thing fits all for everybody that you should be having protein X amount of minutes after you've done something and what have you. But it doesn't always work for everybody. Listen to what your body is telling you. And if those things don't quite work for you, then tweak things a little bit. Yeah, I completely agree, actually. And that kind of takes us on to our next point is that actually uh, quantifying um, those recovery improvements might not always be easy. I mean, one of the the, the, the little points I, I wrote down here from discussions with a, a few people about what they would like to hear from this episode was uh, that how do you know when when uh, actually the, the nutrition or even anything is, is I mean, is, is helping uh, helping your recovery? Because sometimes aren't you just tired from training i mean what are your thoughts there ian yeah no definitely i mean yeah this is this this is a little bit of a tricky one i always tend to find from my own perspective that if i've not eaten enough or i've not recovered enough then i will find myself dozing on the sofa is probably the first thing and i i never really do that and the other thing is where you get that awful thing where you do an ex, you do a workout or you do a session and then you suddenly feel like you're a cow in a field just hoovering up just about everything that's in front of you. <laughs> and this is one of those, you know, really dangerous things. That gives me a little bit of a warning light, which says, okay, first of all, you've probably not eaten or drunk enough on your actual ride. And secondly, your body is actually calling out for, I need to eat something, I need stuff. So uh, it's good to sort of embrace that, but just be mindful of the sort of things that you're eating, because the easiest thing we grab to is biscuits and donuts and crisps and all these different things. So it's being mindful of saying my body needs something. OK, then I need to make sure that this is in inverted commas healthy rather than something that's not going to be so good for me. Uh, I totally agree with you there, Ian. And coming from uh, my background in ultra endurance, where there's a, a very strong belief that uh, any calorie is a good calorie, which uh, I would tend to agree with if you're doing a self-supported sort of uh, trip where uh, your only options might be McDonald's or like road stop, yeah. uh, like, you know, ice creams and stuff like that. But actually, when you're when you're training and you can and you can control it or you're in a race or you can control it or whatever actually what do you want to be putting in your body i mean we don't do you want your muscles to be made of uh i mean this is really good oh, an analogy that i love do you want your muscles to be made of uh fruits and plants or do you want your muscles made of donuts and cake i mean it's yeah <laughs> what do you well, think I tell you, I, I tell you moving on from that when i was uh younger and i was training i mean two things when i was being coached was and i joke with a lot of my clients about this you know we didn't have power meters heart rate monitors it was all about rpe but uh my coach used to tell me when i was young you know if you excuse me for saying this phrase but it works in the thesis of, of everything if you eat shit you'll be shit and i think that that is a really good thing that i've tried to take with me throughout all of my career so you know yes pav is right you know if you're doing endurance stuff and you're doing race across america you know anything anything you can get your hands on is really going to help you 
But if you're doing shorter efforts and you're trying to, you know, keep control of what you're eating and and, uh, eating for maximum performance, if you're going to eat rubbish stuff, then you're not going to perform as well as you, you possibly could. Yeah, completely agreeing. And uh, uh, there's probably a few people out there that can relate to what you were saying about the um, uh, like kind of hoovering up all of the the food. Uh, yeah. vacu- we'll say vacuuming up all of the the food for the for our American listeners. Uh, yeah. All of the food in the house. And uh, um, and I, I think actually you you hit you hit quite a very good point there. Um, not eating enough during the session uh, can lead yeah. to obviously where, when we we talk about like bonking, and you you might not have quite hit that. Uh, in that session where your glycogen stores are so depleted that you, you your body switches to to burning fat but actually emptying those glycogen stores is uh is the reason why we we kind of get those cravings because it's our hormones our, our brain is uh, trying to ensure that we eat enough to to replenish the problem is is that we're we're typically not that great in uh, in a, in actually knowing when to stop uh and yeah. and, and then again the, the biggest problem with us now having a, having evolved our diet beyond uh sort of our, our ability to regulate our hormones is that we we typically have access to a lot of very high processed high sugar foods uh, which obviously then have the effect of if, we, if you do eat a donut immediately after training and uh, or it, maybe not immediately after training but an hour after training because you're still hungry and you spike your insulin levels and and then that comes crashing back down or your blood sugar comes crashing back down uh, that's when you start to feel hungry again so it's it's not yeah. always because of the training that you're hungry sometimes it's the food that you're eating that is is causing that uh, uh, blood sugar imbalance which is again making you feel more hungry so what would your tip be there in terms of obviously we, we're coming back and we're going to use that golden window to replenish our, our carbohydrate but but going on past that i mean maybe there's a tip there in, in what that carbohydrate looks like and then maybe uh what, what you would suggest that they would eat to stop feeling hungry as the day goes on well i think the big thing here is all about planning you know when you're when you're riding a bike and you're training whether you're looking at you know getting yourself mentally prepared to do a training session on the bike or whether you're looking about nutrition or the the food that you're going to eat you know preparation is absolutely everything so plan everything you plan and normally most of us will probably lay our kit out the night before and get all our stuff organized for the and mentally starting to prepare ourselves to go and do a particular ride but it comes to the same with nutrition if you get back from a ride or from an exercise or from a workout that you've done and then you suddenly think well I'm hungry and I need something and you just grab the easiest thing available then you're already putting yourself in a situation where you're going to fail lots of times we talk about you know food preparation I think that's also a very difficult thing to do because I personally don't have the time to plan all my meals across the week. And I actually quite like cooking, but you can actually make sure that you've got things readily prepared. So even if that would be chopping something to chuck in a pan, uh, you know, having a little bit of preparation for when you come back. So if you think about it. You get back in from your ride, you drink your uh, protein shake or you have your recovery bar. You've, you've got a good little window there where you've got time to actually prepare something for you to eat and then and then eat something rather than getting back and opening a bag of crisps or eating opening a packet of biscuits or eating a couple of donuts and, and away you go. So it comes to being organized and also, you know, preparing before you actually start the workout. Then when you come back, you've got those things ready there in front of you. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. It's uh, uh, so in that shake. Let's just 
if we, we can give some t- tips around uh, ingredients um, and again it's all going to be different depending on where you are in the world and your taste and everything but we're, I guess we're saying maybe maybe some fruit like banana obviously some some form of milk I mean for me yeah. plant-based and uh, maybe if you're looking for an extra kick you could grind up some oats if you're gonna if you're gonna actually like blend it up and 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 then a, a small amount of maybe protein powder depending on whether your protein intake for the day requires it or not simple yeah, as that yeah. would you say it's as simple yeah, as that definitely. look definitely i mean as i said you've got to try to find what works for you and you've got to try to listen as to what your body wants you know these these sort of podcasts and things are great it's really important that people don't go away from that and say, okay, I need to now go. And every time I do a ride to you, make a smoothie with oats and milk and protein powder and away I go. That 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 may not be working for you. You've, you you can maybe start with that and then you take that and you go, mm, okay, fine, maybe that's not quite working. Do you know what? For an example, I never put, when I take a protein powder, protein powder, water, that's it. I don't put milk, I don't put fruit, I don't put anything. Again, that comes back to what I was saying before, I'm a celiac. I've got a pretty delicate sort of like stomach in the in the in in one aspect. I've got a really slow metabolism. If I take into a, a shake with oats, milk, protein, then that that's probably going to screw up my my meal planning because I'll eat that and I'll be fine for about three hours, and then it just messes up the whole sequence of stuff. So again, it comes. As I mentioned already, you've got to try to think, Okay, this is not a one thing fits all for everyone. You've got to try to think, Okay, let's start with that and we progress. And if that doesn't quite work, then let's try to tweak things. But yes, that would be a pretty good starting point. And again, you don't need to be drinking liters of it. You know, keep it fairly simple. Then again, if the next time you think you need a bit more, increase the, the amounts until you've got the right amount that works for you. Yeah, perfect. I really love that advice. So, uh, and, and and do you think that for while while people are figuring this out, uh, a food diary uh, and maybe maybe tie that in with their training diary so that they can consider is a good idea. Yeah, and yes, hundred well, percent. Two two weeks, two four weeks, maybe maximum, so it doesn't become something that is a burden. Yeah, I would I would do that. And if you try to take you know a good build week, you know a couple of good build weeks, and then that would work out finally. You know, we are creatures of habit with food. You'd be surprised of how many times we actually eat you know the very similar stuff. I mean, you might think you know you'd be surprised if you start writing things down that you uh, eat pasta three times a week. You probably never realised it. You probably just thought you ate it once. So having a diary there, you will see that foods generally tend to repeat themselves. So yeah, two weeks is absolutely fine. Perfect. And now I love this next point I throw it down because I didn't want this to be a, given that it's nutrition, um, we, we, we talk about sleep. I mean, yes, you can have bad sleep yeah. practice, and but ultimately sleep is something that we all have to do. Uh, and massage yeah. and, uh, and, and, and sort of using like uh, either, you know, like compression, compression where, I mean, that's optional. You don't have to do that. So there's always a benefit to that. But with nutrition, actually, we as human beings we tend to we tend to have to uh this is probably the one area where actually it's very easy for us to to go off plan and i don't like to use this word but uh cheat uh i don't i really don't like the idea of it being a cheat and uh and i quite i want to discuss just just with you um how 
how you think that that should fit in. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about our average listener isn't going to be uh, someone who is training to, to go to the Olympics um, uh, or to, to like win the Tour de France. So they're not going to be uh, at home probably considering eating uh, perfectly healthily for 100% of the time. Um, so I wanted to just see uh, your yep. thoughts on how damaging is eating uh, one unhealthy meal? Well, it, in the in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's not a big drama. Um, look, I I think that you know, I, it's a really good point that you raised there. You know, we're not going to Tokyo next year now, not this year. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to Tokyo. We're not training for the Olympics. We're, you know, we we are athletes. At the end of the day, we are athletes because we're exercising and we're doing things. But in the grand scheme of things, and where we are. In your Strava uh, a quest for the king of the mountain uh, uh, down your local climb, this is not really going to going to impact you. It will impact you if you do it three, four, five times a times a week. But look, I'll give you a simple example. You know, my there's, I have two big downfalls. Uh, well, one of them is you know crisp. I mean, I, I can polish off a family pack of crisps without not with no issue. I mean, it's easily. One of the ways of me not being tempted by those is to not have them in my house. Yeah. And now you can say the same with, you know, obviously people jump into biscuits and all this sort of stuff. Again, there's there's not necessarily a point of not having stuff, but you don't need to go out and buy six packs of biscuits, you know, buy one because <laughs> once it's gone, it's gone. So even if I do fancy a packet of crisps, I will buy for one person. Then when I eat them they're finished because if i get a big pack i i i can't resist just munching my way through them i mean i just can't so it's about it's also about temptation but i think the moment you've got to balance things again the moment you take something out completely uh you're probably going to want it more and you're probably going to end up spoiling your let's say your your actual uh, nutritional week so if you're going to have things in your house that you want to munch on, then try to keep it minimal. And as I said, a packet of biscuits and then, and again, try to look at the smaller details. So maybe things which are less calorific, got less calories in, you know, that maybe they're for diabetics and things like that. You know, at the end of the day, nowadays, most of those things taste the same anyway. So you'll get your fix, but you're also going to be not necessarily adding in loads of calories to your diet, loads of fats that you don't need, and you're going to end up feeling better for it too. Completely agree with you there. Is there, I mean, a lot of people talk about like 80-20 there, where if you be good 80% of the time or perfect 80% of the time, the other 20% is uh, is okay to, to be a bit more lapses. Would you say that? Or it, would you like quantifying it that way? Or, I mean, would there be a different percentage or what? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good, I think it depends on what level of athlete you are and what you're doing. I think for general people that are, as I said, going back to my point I raised earlier about how many times they're exercising a week, they're having an 80-20 split is fine. I tend to have like a cheat night. Uh, we, me and my, my wife normally do sort of like Saturday night pizza and a couple of beers and that's our cheat night. Generally because Sunday here is my rest day because i live in an area where it's just crazy with traffic on a sunday so i never ride on sunday so saturday night is almost like a reward for the end of the week and we're we're gonna we're gonna pizza or i i even made one uh, the other week uh, this, this this weekend 
uh, have a couple of beers and and just like really chill and then you know it's it's a nice like reward for the work that you've done at the end of the week so having things like that i think works really really well yeah i completely agree and i think there you've actually the biggest point that you raised there is that actually there's a, a positive reason for doing it a reward yeah um i think that the biggest problem that i see with athletes is uh is just how negatively they associate having a cheat meal or or off plan i mean and we all do it i'm the same as you ian i crisps chips my they're they're my downfall anything crunchy is really really hard and having a having a 13 year old daughter in the house is uh makes that really really hard as i'm sure you remember but it's um for for me uh when i talk to my athletes it's uh it's about actually sort of saying look if you if you always feel really bad about doing this you're always going to have that stress around it you're going to be creating a, a negative atmosphere and association with doing it it's 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 perfectly natural and uh, and as long as it isn't 80 percent bad and 20 percent good uh you're probably going to be fine and i think that actually adding that extra stress is uh another reason why we we don't see uh we don't see sort of weight loss or we have performance problems because uh because as we know is actually having relaxing is uh is, is good for our recovery um and and stress being stressed from eating badly is uh is is kind of compounded uh, the effects of of that bad meal so I feel like if people are, are going to have that cheat meal is to actually try and have it for a good reason like a reward or uh, you know like let your hair down that kind of thing or whatever it is um, but definitely definitely don't give yourself a hard time and use it as motivation uh, to be pretty much perfect the rest of the week yeah for sure I mean 100% agree I look you know as we said already you know we're not generally we're talking to people here that are riding bikes for enjoyment you know they're trying to get better they're trying to lose a little bit of weight they're trying to get faster take a few king of the mountains ride quicker with their with their teammates do their grand fondos and sportives a little bit faster at the end of the day and maybe people that are racing too but you know we're not this is not our job you know this is end of the day it's 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 a hobby and hobbies are meant to be enjoyable. At the moment, I take on a hobby where I have to suddenly start, you know, being really stressful and, and concentrating on what I'm eating and what I'm doing suddenly starts to miss the point of the enjoyment of going out and riding my bike. So, you know, it is it's about it's about balance. I mean, talking about 80 20 split, I always tell my athletes that from and again, this is from my own experience. I trend tend to try to eat more carbs at lunchtime than I do necessarily in the evening. So that's personally because it works better for me. It's really hard for me to uh, digest a lot of carbohydrate. If I, it also prevents me from sort of like taking on too much carbohydrate, which my body's then going to store as fat because it's that sort of like glycogen tank is overfilled and I'm, I'm gonna my body's gonna go okay i'll keep that as fat for next time so i tried to do carbs at lunch or primarily and then use protein in the evening if i am going to eat carbohydrate in the evening then i tend to try to keep it a little bit simple so you know again having that little bit of balance when you're looking at your meal plan for the day and for the week try to think of those parts too absolutely Completely agree. Uh, last little question before we move on to some tips. Uh, is eating yeah. healthy always hard or does it get easier? What, when you get older or just generally? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, in um, general, I, it, well, it gets more important as you get older, obviously. But yeah, hundred uh, percent. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I, I wrote this, and I was kind of like, I mean, my, for for me, the answer is uh, actually. Uh, the the closer you do get to perfection, I think that actually it does get a lot easier. And I think that people, like especially you could you can try this with children. It's like the more and more you feed them healthier foods, like vegetables, actually the more they yeah. start to crave it. And and I find yeah. myself uh, when I, when I'm really really behaving and I'm, I'm I'm following my plan, I eat a lot of vegetables and really like healthy yeah. food. Actually, I, I crave a salad. Uh, and and the same way goes is if I'm if I'm if I've like finished a big event or something and I'm having like a, a few days. Where where I'm just like you know having a having a, meals that I I wouldn't normally eat. Actually, you end up trying craving those more. So, uh, kind of answering my own question. But have you got anything else to add to that? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Look, I I'm a I'm don't even get me started on kids eating junk food. I mean, I'm I'm you know most kids are, when they're born they're programmed to just eat everything, and it's only parents the way parents are eating and the fact that they educate their children into bad habits. So. Uh, I would say, yes, look, at the end of the day, I think it's fairly easy to eat healthily and a little bit like as athletes, you know, uh, exercising is a is a drug at the end of the day. You know, it releases all these great feelings that we have. We love riding our bikes. We come back, we feel invigorated. We can get on with the day. We can do everything. But food is like that, too. How how good is it when you eat something healthy that you think, oh, yeah, it was a good meal I made. And I feel pretty good. I ate something, ate something simple. When I see people pinging a microwave meal into uh, a microwave, uh, it doesn't it. The time that it takes you to boil a pot of water and get tomato sauce in there and grate some Parmesan on the top and eat that is the same time. It doesn't really take, well, maybe a little bit longer, but it doesn't really take a great deal of time to do that and chop up a bit of lettuce and make a salad. It's not difficult. So I think that in the life that we have, we have this perception that it's really difficult to be uh, cooking when I get home from work. And I'm not saying people need to eat pasta every time they come home from work every evening. I appreciate they're not going to do that. But there are actually alternatives that you can do. That is even probably, I reckon I could do a challenge where I prepare something in the same time that it takes somebody to ping a microwave meal in a microwave maybe that's something we're going to do one day on video and i bet i can do it oh, well there we go i think we were <laughs> we're going to be we doing have a this challenge year. yeah we do have a challenge uh, but before we come on to our listener challenge let's just summarize today with uh, your top five nutrition tips and how to uh, improve recovery Right. So having that protein shake when you finished a hard uh, workout or something that's been really challenging for you, uh, again, using that sort of like two hour window too uh, in trying to get uh, uh, the, the, the food nutrition into your system after those hard efforts, balancing uh, proteins and carbohydrates also. So trying to be mindful of uh, the balance of your meals. So that 80-20 split is a, is a good one to have, but you can even go beyond that if, you're, if that's not really working for you. Allowing yourself those treat nights, nothing nicer than having pizza and a couple of beers on a Saturday night. And the last one, ah, the last one, um, making sure that obviously hydration, that you're drinking enough. So replacing those fluids that you're going to be losing in sweat, because that will also help muscle repair and it also bolsters the immune system too. So making sure that you're hydrated. That's one thing that people really overlook with regards to nutrition. They're always talking about food, but they don't always 
mentioned liquids. So ensuring that you're drinking enough is also really important also. Absolutely, completely agree. And listeners, we're not going to talk too much about hydration right now, but completely agree with Ian uh, that it is a huge part of uh, of recovery. And if you'd like more information, hit up the Podbean Bespoke Vault because we did have Andy Blow from Precision Hydration, one of our partner companies, uh, talk about the importance of uh, of hydration and how to individualize a hydration strategy. So uh, that one is uh, one of our first episodes. So you have to go back quite a few pages, I believe, to find that. But uh, an excellent episode and will definitely help you understand uh, exactly how to uh, hydrate. And uh, Ian, thank you very much. Before we finish, no problem. Uh, challenge. Let's have a challenge for our I listeners. One. I have one. Okay. Try to focus on disconnecting emotion and eating fantastic and uh uh so what we're saying that we're going to for for the next week um how would our listeners do that we're going to uh, just just maybe be a bit more mindful about uh why it is that we uh, we we're choosing the food choices is that what we're saying 100 percent. you know yeah. you think i really need to eat chocolate biscuits okay why why do I feel that I need to grab that? And most people would say, well, because they taste nice. Yeah, but there's loads of other things that taste nice. There is a reason why you are possibly going for that. Em- emotionally, psychologically, maybe you're not in such a good place. Invariably, we're talking about exercise and eating. And invariably, exercise releases all those endorphins for you to do well. You do a good training session. You want to continue that with eating well. And I personally tend to find that if I'm going to eat badly, uh, then it's probably going to be on a day when I'm not necessarily training or maybe I want a bit of an active recovery and not so much is going on. Or even if I've just had a really tough, stressful day uh, at work uh, with coaching. So you know, try to understand what's going on and why you're tending to reach for the easy, salty, sugary item rather than going for something else. And again, if you try to prepare a few things that you can uh, eat instead of eating that, I always find, for instance, pistachios are a really good thing to for me to munch on. First of all, they, they're really fiddly with trying to undo them. And I really love trying to open the ones that are really closed because, you know, you need to use another shell to try to open the two bits that are stuck together. So these things are things take your mind away from actually grabbing something which is sugary, high in sugar or high in salt. So try to think about it from that perspective. So, yeah, disconnect emotion and eating. That's my big focus for uh, when once people have finished listening to this podcast. Fantastic. And a great challenge it is, listeners. So, uh, Ian, thank you so much for, for giving us some of your time again, mate. It's, uh, it's a real honour to, to have you back and have you as part of the thank Spokes you. Coaching Setup. Thank you very much indeed. And it's a pleasure to uh, have a chat with you, Pab, as well. Fantastic. And listeners, uh, We'd love to hear from you. Let us know exactly how you're getting on with Ian's challenge. You can join in our, our challenge in the group, our Spokes Facebook group. Come in and uh, have a have a go at some of the challenges, some of the uh, virtual rides we have going on, everything. It's a great fun group, a community of like-minded people. Uh, feel free to uh, obviously share this episode with your friends. It'd be very grateful if you if you would, and definitely send us a little uh, like or review, uh, depending on which platform uh, you're downloading on. Uh, and uh, of course, definitely, definitely, if you're not already, make sure you do subscribe because you don't want to miss any of our uh, excellent content that we have coming up soon. Uh, so thank you once again. My name is Pav Bryan, a performance director and co-founder here at Spokes, and you've been listening to Be Spoked. <laughs>